everybody. Welcome to another episode of DFV. I'm your co-host, Black Cinephile, a.k.a. Anthony. I'm Brad. Yeah, that's Brad, a.k.a., you know. Um, you know I don't Brad. have a fancy name. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's, he's Brad. <laughs> I'm Brad. But, uh, man, we got a great one today, man. Uh, br- Listen, man, I got to tell you, ever since I criticized, I'm not going to bring it up because I don't want to keep, <laughs> I don't want to keep, you know, dumping on it. Ever since I brought up that one anime film, that I, I that didn't really move me. Brad has just been stepping up with his recommendation game, man. Yeah, um, you basically were like, I don't know if I can trust you anymore, and I just had to prove that you can. Man, uh, this next one up in our uh, anime series, we're uh, we're going at a uh, Satoshi Khan. We got Perfect Blue versus Paprika. Two, from what I hear, it um, anime masterpieces by um, a man who would be looked at as an anime master um have you seen any of his other work um i have seen i think it was uh trying to remember what it's called tokyo godfathers yes tokyo godfathers i have seen um he's done some work on jojo's bizarre adventure which i've seen like the original ova series he did that one okay he had a show too, right? It's called Paranoid Paranoid um, Agent. Paranoid Agent. I've heard great things about it, but I have not seen it yet. I really want to see that one though. Okay, okay, I got you. But yeah, All right. um, oh, and he did uh, Millennium Actress as well, which I've heard really good things about, but I haven't actually seen that one. But I have seen Tokyo Godfathers, which is a fantastic one. I actually have it on our list of ones that we got to check out in the future. Okay, all right, for sure. Um, all right, man. Uh, you know, usually we don't do this, but uh, you want to go chronological? Uh, for this one, I think it makes sense, especially given we're doing the same director for two movies. We got to go chronological. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll take on Perfect Blue. Okay. I feel like you, you're the best one to kind of summarize Paprika in a way it makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I will do my best with it. All right, so uh, perfect blue man. We um we got a uh, this is a debut film of his, right? Uh, this was yeah the debut for his uh, directing and writing of a film. Okay, his um okay debut film of his uh director and uh, directing and writing of a film like you just said. Uh, yeah, man, we got perfect blue here. So this deals with the woman um who is a former member of a Japanese idol group, you can call, I guess you call it J-pop, um, who uh, decides to retire from music and uh, pursue a solo acting career. The only thing is, once she starts this acting career, there's a, uh, there's a stalker going around. Uh, gruesome murders start to occur. And uh, the film plays with your imagination on what's real and what's not. And, you know, it, it plays with, um, you know, idolship and... Uh, you know, alter egos and like, um, it, it, I like how throughout this film, like, uh, you, you got the world in which she's shooting the film mm-hmm. and you got the world in which she is her looking back on her past life of being a pop idol and trying to show herself as mature in the public eye, kind of selling her soul in the process, you know, stripping naked, doing risque shoots. And, right. You know, trying, she's trying, doing yeah. 
everything she can to try and like get out of being just seen as a pop idol. She wants to become an actress. She wants to do everything she can to like get away from that pop idol life where that was all she was known for to be taken more seriously for what she's doing. And she's getting that idea of maybe I can't make it as an actress. Maybe I can't. And that leads her down this tunnel of doing whatever she can to try and get herself in that public light of I'm not a pop idol anymore. Right. So, yeah, she's, she's dealing with this tug and pull where um, on the surface, there's that drama. And then there's the thriller of, you know, people being murdered gruesomely. And there's a stalker. There's this one character we see as a stalker that we, of course, we look at and assume to be the killer um, just because how creepy he is. I, mean, I got to say it, man. Just just hopping right into it. Dude, this is a great film. It like, this is. film has layers, man. It has great layers. When I first started it, I was kind of like, I really wish we would have did this with Mahalan Drive. That's a David Lynch movie because that would have that would have paired up so well. But it's better to do it with his two films because they mm-hmm. both link up well. But this is just a great film about like, you know, just like cinema and like the male gaze and, uh, you know, uh, art imitating life and life, you know, dangerously imitating art. Like, there's just so many great layers to this film, man. Like, uh, so what it is this like your uh fourth time watching this? What what is this? For um, you? this is probably the third time I've watched this. Mm-hmm. And I, I decided for this one I was gonna see if I could watch the like dubbed version of it. And immediately, as soon as people started talking, I was like, these aren't the voices I know. I gotta switch back to subtitle. This is just sounding weird. <laughs> You got to end it the way you started. Right. It's one of those weird things where, you know, it's not that like, is the dub better than subbed or sub better than dubbed? It's just, I started listening to the dubbed version. I was like, this, that's not how these people sound. That's not those characters. I got to go back to Mm -hmm. subtitle to watch this. So, but yeah, I've seen this uh, a couple times now and that's why I was like, okay, this is going to be one that I knew that you would enjoy at the very least. Oh man, I loved it. I loved it because it I I never knew where it was going. Mm-hmm. That was the surprising thing to me. I felt like there'll be times in the movie where I'm like, okay, that was a gruesome kill. That's probably gonna be the darkest that this film is gonna go. Then another scene happens. I'm like, okay, that's probably gonna be the darkest that this film goes. Then then more scenes happen. I'm like, man, this is a disturbing movie. Mm-hmm. Like, also, not, it yeah. plays around a lot with the idea of like, is she really the actress or is she the pop star or is she the killer or, right. you know, what's going on with it? Because a lot of the scenes that she's an actress in are replayed out with her in real life as well. And then we see like the stage on the background, the uh, director yells cut, and mm-hmm. then we find out, oh, no, that was a movie part of it. And the use of her name uh, being the character's name in the movie because she's a pop idol and her character's name in real life with uh, Mima makes it especially confusing because everybody just calls her crazy. Yeah. Right. It makes you even more crazy. Like the one scene that threw me, I was like, dude, that's genius is the scene where she's in the interrogation room and they say, okay, so she thinks she's a pop star named Mina. Uh, She has a film playing out in her head. And that's why she killed all these people. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's a genius twist. And then all of a sudden you hear the director go, God, 
I'm like, oh, man, they messing with me again. Because yeah. I actually thought that was going to be the final twist. I'm like, wow, that's genius. And then he said cut. And um, then there's even more twists and turns you go down. Yeah, it constantly plays with your emotions on this one and thinking, oh, I got the twist. And then it pulls you back and goes, no, you don't. You, you still don't have it. You're still way off. Sure. Um, man, one scene that was hard for me to watch, uh, the rape scene, dude. Oh, the, yeah. The, the filmed rape scene because it, you know, they're acting, but it comes off so real that you feel bad for her having to play a scene out like that. Mm-hmm. I, I find it hilarious that one of the uh, people that's uh, in the scene even like apologizes to her and you're like, I, I'm so sorry about this. And she's like, no, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. Because right. they're like in this awkward position when they yelled cut and everything and they had to send there while they moved the camera to get a new shot. Mm. right yeah and that's how acting is though yeah when you have to move the camera around and stuff it can really be that awkward and um you know discomforting um what was i about to say uh i even like how there's kind of a side to uh have you ever seen that film with jodie foster the accused uh i don't think so okay well that that dealt with a, a sexual assault and it dealt with her um you know, it was I think it was based off a real story, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, it it had a scene like that in that movie. And I like how the director at one point it's kind of a kind of an ode to like what era this film was made in. He says, oh, well, you know, Jody's done a um a rape scene. It's fine. You know, like mm-hmm. you, you'll, you'll do just fine. And um, yeah, I liked I liked how that was like a nod to that. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's based off a true story. Okay. But um, yeah, man, this movie is. It, it really is. Um, it really messes with your mind. And, and I, I love it, man. I uh, it, it holds his cards to his chest to the very end. And I could I did not see that twist coming with Rumi. Yes. So throughout the entire movie, we're basically introduced to more or less about five people. We have Mima, who is the main actress. We have uh, Rumi who is a friend of hers and a for- another former uh, pop star. Uh, we have Me Mania, who is the stalker in this. Uh, then we also have, uh, who is it? It was Todoroko, who was her manager. Oh, or no, yeah, that yeah. was the, Todoroko uh-huh. was the director. And then okay. her manager was uh, Rumi's manager as well. I'm trying to remember what his name was. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about Rumi is I didn't even catch on to this. She used to be a pop idol. Yeah. I yeah, didn't, that's I didn't how she, like, uh, was able to confide in uh, or how Mimo was able to confide in her about how, you know, this is getting rough, like trying to do this. Like, I miss my old life of this. And then she was feeding that information to Mimania, who was posting it all online as her. So right. she was that had another whole like psychological twist where she was wondering if she was actually posting these things online because nobody else would possibly have this information about her. Uh, but at the same time, it was this stalker posting it and believing that he was talking to the real Mima, which was Rumi. Yeah. Yeah. It really does twist your mind. One thing I love about it was that if you, I haven't seen the film again since I've watched it, but if you catch certain things, like there were certain things I would think about where um, 
I don't know if it was the scene where she was shooting shoot, shooting the rape scene, but there was a scene she was shooting and, and um, you know, Rima got Rumi got a little emotional, started crying and ran away. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, you know, I think right after that, the screenwriter dies. Right. Um, In the elevator. Yes, that's when. Uh, no, the screenwriter dies from the envelope that explodes from the letter. OK, all right. Well. I like how that scene kind of clued into how um, how obsessed she is about Mima. Right. But she but she loves Mima. But she believes she herself, herself to be Mima at a point. Right. Right. She below. She below. She. Of course, you're right. Um, yeah, man. Overall, great film. And I like how the film demands your attention. Mm hmm. When it first starts off, you can kind of lose yourself between what's a flashback and what's current day. Like, uh, I love the scene. I like how it's shot. Like, this film, as animated as it is, it really is shot like a film. You oh, know, yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of very good, like, cinematography, little hidden things in the background and everything. They definitely use the animation medium to its fullest, especially when it comes to the reflection scenes and her seeing herself everywhere else like the illusions that she's seeing Mm -hmm. uh they they definitely played around with it nicely and this is an older film this is from 97 so it still has that like old hand-drawn grainy kind of look to it which just adds to the aesthetic even more you know it's one of those features that it wasn't an intentional feature but watching it now it, it looks grainier which gives it more of a thriller look to it yeah, I um, yeah, I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I like the editing of this. Like the mm-hmm. editing feels like a um, an original film, and I like how she's in the uh, she's coming back to the office and she sees her uh, her former um, bandmates. They're celebrating because um, I guess a new track ended up on the Billboard or something, and then all of a sudden we cut to her celebrating with them. Like, yeah, we got our first track on the Billboard. And I was like, first track, without you paying attention, you don't realize this is a flashback until somebody like, I think somebody taps her on the back and then she comes back too. Mm-hmm. And then um, she, uh, I think uh, it was either Rumi or someone who was talking to her saying, hey, you know, what do you think about this? And yada, yada, yada. Okay, snap back to reality. Uh, I thought that was great. I thought the end was great. I thought the end chase was great. Um Cause I really didn't know. This is my first time watching this movie. I really didn't know how it was gonna go. I'm like, are they gonna let her kill her? Like, mm-hmm. what, what, what? Cause I was really like terrified for her. I'm like, this woman is crazy, and it, it yeah. doesn't. I don't think this movie cares who it kills. Oh no, it did not care, and it had gruesome kills too. Like the one for photographer movie. for getting uh, killed with her, like dressed up as the pizza delivery person. And I love that we have, like, the context at the end, like, that uh, it it wasn't actually uh, Mima that did it. It was Rumi that was committing the murders because it wasn't right. even the Mimania guy. Because everybody kind of – you kind of get this suspicion that it's him. Right. And then we find out that Rumi was the one that committed the murders. And that's why she saw herself as Mima, which is why we saw Mima as the murderer in those cases. Yeah, it's like if you um, I love how the film toys with you, too, because it's like the guy that's like heckling them in the beginning when they're doing their first, uh, you know, show. And then me mania walks up to him. He he punches me mania out. 
And mm-hmm. then, you know, all of a sudden the, the guy does eventually leave or get escorted out or whatever. But um, me mania kind of leaves his eye lingering on, lingering on him. And then we find out that the guy had like a bad accident and was in critical condition. Mm-hmm. That makes you go, oh, man, me mania is a is a crazy person. He's a psycho. Right. But he's really just he's really just a stalker. Yeah, you like know. even the scene when he's going up to like the stand and he like literally buys all the magazines from when she did a uh, photo shoot and he goes, no, this isn't the real her. And he buys all the magazines in order to stop anybody else from being able to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, he's on that level of psychotic, but at the same time, he believes that he's talking to a real Mima who is saying that this is an imposter that's trying to ruin her name. Right. And that's what Rumi believes. She believes she is the real Mima and that Mima is destroying her name as Mima. You know, I didn't mind watching this on my 4K TV, but I remember back in the day. Again, RIP, the main art theater was running this at midnight during one week. I I kind of wanted to go, but something came up where I didn't go. Man, I wish I would have went, man. Oh, yeah. Th- this one is just a classic for the ages. And it's one of those kind of... I, I don't want to say that a lot of thrillers are based on this, but it the same like plot line, a lot of thrillers have taken it and run within different directions. There's even a lot of like animated... Uh, or other animes that have taken this idea and kind of run with it in different directions, both in movies and in TV show form. So this is a heavy inspiration for people. I'm telling you, man, this is a great double feature with David Lynch's Mulholland Drive. And we've already done it for this episode, so we're not going to do it. But I'm telling you, on in your own personal time, to people watching and to you, if you want a perfect double feature, do this with Mulholland Drive. It, it's just, it's chef's kiss. Um, I want to tell you something funny, man. I just happened to watch this film recently. Uh, I went to AMC with my uh, my wife and my mother in law. We saw we went we took her to see Doctor Strange, so I saw mm-hmm. Doctor Strange again. Uh, I was at the concession stand, and you know, people they got their favorite movie on their name tag. He had Perfect Blue. Did and he really? T- he did. I was like, dude, I just saw that movie for the first time. It's a great movie. He says, man, you're the first person I that that ever that knew what this film was. My own co-workers don't even know this movie. Yeah, that's a shame, is it's it's a huge movie in Japan, but over in the stateside, it's it's not that well known. Yeah, like I was talking to him, I was like, man, that's such a great movie. That's a great thriller. And like we we we, st- we had a nice rapport, you know, in the time where he was taking my order and stuff. He says, Man, I, I just I I'm glad you know this movie. A lot of people I speak to don't know this movie. Right. And I remember my mother-in-law was like, what's that? I said, oh, it's a, it's an animated movie. So oh, it's a cartoon. I was like, no, no, nah, nah, it's, it's a bit darker than that. But it's, whenever it's, people say that, I just go, yeah, it, it's, it's like an adult cartoon. <laughs> right. It's an adult cartoon. Like, you know, and I, I was explaining it to her, but uh, yeah, man, I thought that was awesome that I, I saw that on his shirt. Um, Cause you know, usually you see things like, listen, everybody's subjective. You see like Forrest Gump, uh, you know, Batman Returns, Avatar. But uh, I thought that was uh, I thought that was great, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a deep cut movie. And then it just happens that you just saw it now. So you're welcome for that. I didn't take him for a hipster at all. It looked like he actually loved that film. Like oh, he yeah. Says, oh, he, he got he, he did the little when I said, oh, man, you know, this movie. Yes. 
Well, there's you know. a lot of anime fans that absolutely love this movie. Um, I've seen people do the cosplay of this at one of the local conventions, uh, Yomacon, that happens up mm. here in Detroit, where people have cosplayed as Mima, you know, and it, it's, it is a pretty known movie, but it's not like a mainstream known movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh Straight down the middle, five out of five for me. This this is a perfect movie. Uh yeah, this one I, I wanna say four point five, but it yeah, it it's hard for me to think why well, four point five, but it I think it's a four point five. Okay, all right, yeah. All, say say what you feel, man. Yeah. Say what you feel. I feel like this is a this is a perfect DFV movie to me, man. I uh I loved it. Okay. I'm I'm glad that I finally got you to watch this one. It's always been on the list. Trust me. It, it's been on the list since. Not since college. I want to say since for about four years, it's been on the list. Uh, All right, man, I'm all set with that one. You want to hop into uh, Paprika? Okay. So uh, another movie by the same director, Satoshi Khan. Uh, this one... 2006 we get paprika which is another psychological movie based on the idea of using a device in order to enter people's dreams that is used to help in therapy sessions so we follow the character of paprika who uses one of these devices with her clients in order to be able to meld into their dreams in order to see what their dreams are in order to help them face their trauma and everything uh, but somebody ends up taking the device that is used, I think it's called the DC Mini, that they use in order to enter people's dreams and has found a way to use it to enter people's dreams um, outside of just for therapy uses. So anybody that's ever connected to it, they can always enter their dreams and they're starting to meld dreams together in order to use that power to create chaos more or less. Yeah. Uh, and create their own perfect dream world where reality and dreams are melded together to create a world they control. I got to say, man, and this is a warning to everybody out there that hasn't seen this movie before. Again, this is a film that demands your attention. Uh, it's going to be very, very weird at first. But if you just kind of go along with the ride, it, it, will, war- it will reward you tenfold. Yes. Because... Uh, yeah, when I started this movie, I was like, okay, what the, what the hell is going on here? You know, but I, I kind of stayed with it, and I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, um, and then you lied to yourself that you understood it, and then five minutes later, you're like, I'm lost again. I'm, I, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it demands a lot of attention. I'll put it that way. It does. If you snooze at all during this movie, you're going to be lost for the rest of it. Uh, you, you can't miss any of the dialogue. You can't miss any of the actions that are going on. Because this movie is constantly calling back to itself. It does not waste a moment of screen time to throw something at you. Because if it throws something at you, that's going to be used later in the movie. Uh, there's Everything's a Chekhov's gun in this movie. Listen, um... It it yeah, it doesn't waste one bit of uh, animation paint or animation uh, of software used uh, animation ink. 
every 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 piece uh meticulous piece of this film is used uh for a purpose like it's just like you just said um man i sound like that guy that repeats everything you say yeah it's a great movie <laughs> you know i gotta say folks this this movie was was pretty good it was pretty great it was pretty great like um what was i about to say though uh i was about to say something about this movie dude i watched this movie and the one word that came to my mind, I just kept saying it over and over. I was like, Inception. Yeah, and it's very much like first. Inception, uh, yeah. except the fact that you can't tell, you know, with Inception up until like the end, there's the whole thing of, oh, we know you're in a dream. And then it becomes, wait, are you actually in a dream? This one, it's constantly going between reality and the dream world. And you can't even tell if it's one or the other until something happens that brings them out of that world into the other. Look, um, yeah, you're right. The one scene that had me go, okay, this movie's a little different. Uh, they were in a meeting. It was um, it, it was the doctor. Uh, so Paprika's uh, real life alter ego, or basically the, the real life woman who whose Paprika is her alter ego. They were in a meeting with somebody, and they were talking about the dream thing. All of a sudden, the doctor uh, at Suko Chiba starts ranting and stuff, saying. Um, uh, I can't even remember what he said. But he, he just he just had a, a, saying a bunch of ramblings. He just ran out the window, and I was like, "I right, that was random." And then it, it, it then we found out, oh, his mind got taken over by the person who was like possessing people in the dream world, and it was like 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 that whole scene was like alarming because it feels like it came from another movie. I was like, "Is this?" is this dialogue supposed to be here? Yeah. It like, kind of comes out of nowhere where he just starts monologuing something right. from what the villain of the movie is basically saying throughout the film. And right. yeah. And then he jumps out the window and luckily he survives and everything, but it's yeah. Th this movie is a roller coaster that's constantly playing with reality and what is possible. Uh, I love that. Paprika actually has almost like a genie from Aladdin kind of sense of powers where she just mm -hmm. kind of twirls in and out of this world like it's nothing. And she is the alter ego of uh, Dr. Uh, Chiba, who is just a therapist. Okay, well, who was the who was the guy? Uh, you're thinking was, um... of Shima. So there's Chiba and Shima. Shima was the leader of like the their the doctor's gotcha, unit that was gotcha. building everything uh then you had tokita who was the uh bigger dude that actually created the dc mini mm -hmm. and then you had the chairman uh inui mm. so yeah. those are basically the main players in this and then you have the detective i'm trying to remember his name konakawa right so, he's an interesting guy. He, he's a very interesting one. And he's the only patient that we see that uh, Paprika interacts with in that way. So you can kind of get an idea of how she normally does it. Because even when you think that they're out of the dream world and everything and she's like being his therapist, we find out every time she's around, she's only exists in the dream world because she is a alternate personality for uh, Sheba or Chiba uh, to use in order to like keep her identity secret while working with her patients. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. 
go on. <laughs> no, it's just this movie, like, there, there's so many things I can pick out, you know, like the way it starts. Uh, it starts off with him waking up from a dream, the detective waking up from a dream, speaking with Paprika. And, you know, and uh, Paprika goes off and we go into that, you know, great model, that great montage, that great credit montage of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but the detective is an interesting character. But uh, I think the uh, the relationship between Dr. Sheba and uh, Takeda is uh, Dr. Takeda is kind of an interesting relationship. Um, they're kind of I, I kind of look at them as brother and sister. Yeah, they are definitely like they have a sibling kind of relationship with each other. Um, especially considering that uh, Tokiba is very, they mentioned that he's a child trapped in a genius's body because mm-hmm. he is very childlike in his approach to everything except when it comes to science and basically his job where he's the smartest guy in every room in that building. Um, he's also the largest guy in every room in that building. You know, they, they constantly kind of poke fun at him and everything like that. You know, you're, you're one of the, you know, you're the biggest genius here, you know, both in uh, brain power and in size. You know, it's <laughs> right. Yeah, he's he's like a Kevin from the office, but, you know, actually smart. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what he is. Um, dude, this film is just a wild, complex ride, man. Like that. Uh, I want to say the confrontation before the final confrontation when um. Uh, who was my man that had uh, uh, Doctor Chiba like, like, like tied up on the on the table? Oh, um, I'm trying to remember what his name was. Uh, that was Osanai. Osanai. That was such a very like. Again, I, I kind of equate that to the assault, the sexual assault scene from like uh, Perfect Blue, where I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, is he gonna? You're gonna assault her? What what what's going on here? And I know like he kinda like he cuts um Chiba out of paprika. Kind yeah, of he cuts the uh shell of paprika revealing uh Shiba underneath it mm-hmm. and kind of going, you know, I love you. I need to take you out of this shell. You are, you know, who you are. You don't need this part of your personality anymore. And it is a terrifying moment because he literally it just is. kind of melds his hand into her and it rips her in half. And you see his hand kind of floating like underneath her skin and stuff as he's – it's – this movie It's an has, unsettling scene. It's very unsettling imagery in a couple scenes that this has. Uh, when the one uh, villain of the movie has like the tree roots kind of thing and they, it starts like grabbing and choking out people – uh, there's the scene with, uh, inside the bar and everything like that. When he leaves, uh, I'm trying to remember. It's like the radio something bar, uh, Come on, with, with the two bartenders. Yeah. With the two bartenders, the first time that yeah, we yeah. go there and everything and, uh, Paprika brings, uh, him out into like what ends up being like an alley filled with movies and stuff and going, you know, pick a movie. Let's, let's go through this. Let's, let's figure some stuff out. And he literally freaks out and, you know, I don't like any movie and you just see everything slam shut and everything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the scene with him, like trying to meld through the, the, uh, front of the movie theater in order to get to paprika, and, yeah, and it looks like the whole like face is coming through. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this, they, they use their animation to the fullest in this movie. Absolutely. 
they did. And it's just like, there's just a bunch of weird moments where you just don't know, okay, is it, is this sexual innuendo or are they just being weird? Like that scene where, um, Dr. Uh, Dr. Shima, you know, he's in the dream world being, you know, a little possessed or whatever. And then Dr. Chiba appears as paprika, like, Hey, you remember me? He's like, uh, no, who are you? Says, oh, I'm your friend. Remember that thing I used to do to you? He says, no. What do you? What did you used to do to me? Oh, she then she starts his... melding into his body. Yeah, because I was like, I was like, is she, is she going down on him? <laughs> but then it kind of gets weirder, and she kind of just melds into him and kind of frees him. And I'm like, uh, okay. I was like, you know, like it just, it just, this is where it just gets weird. Yeah, you know? th- this movie definitely. Get, this is one of those times where people always go like, "Oh, when you have like a medium and you take advantage of it, it's almost impossible to move it to another medium." Like certain live action can't move to animation and feel the same. You know, this is one of those animated movies that if they tried to do something live action, I'd immediately go, "No, don't, don't even try. You're not going to be able to get anywhere close to this kind of vision." Yeah, I gotta say the vision becomes great when uh, the dream world and the real world st- real world starts melding where people yes. on the street just start becoming more and more possessed i was like man that's that's really that was great uh cinema that was great animation cinematography right there yeah i loved when they started turning the people into like these giant kind of uh like vending machines guitars you had the line right. of the girls with their heads as cell phones and it came off very like studio ghibli in a way like those scenes if you showed me just those scenes alone and told me this was a studio ghibli movie i would believe it 100 there, there would be no kind of me going are you sure that was studio ghibli uh the rest yeah. of the movie obviously obviously is not whatsoever <laughs> studio ghibli but it, those are just so like happy go lucky like here's a parade going through the town not realizing the dark undertones of what's actually happening because you even right. have the character that they think is uh who was it himura or himuro uh mm-hmm. who they believe is the person that stole the right. uh you know dc mini at first only to find out that he was actually just another pawn in this entire game when he tries to kill himself because of what he's seeing in his dream vision. And the DC mini is basically molded underneath his skin at this point because he's been wearing it for so long. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. Yeah. This movie kind of plays with your mind a little bit. Like that's, that's something that Satoshi Khan definitely has down when it comes to like psychological movies is mm-hmm. he loves to play with the concept of what is reality, what isn't, you know, where's the twist? Because there's going to be a twist, and it constantly, even more so than like an M. Night Shyamalan movie, plays with the idea of where is the twist. Yeah. I, I, two things that I'm a little critical of. I, I don't get the point. Like, um, I don't, I don't get the motive. It's of- a movie, it's for entertainment, Anthony. <laughs> Right, right. No, I don't. I don't get the point of the final boss, like uh, the um, the guy who was uh, revealed to be behind all of this. Uh, uh, you're talking about the chairman uh, Inui. Yeah, Inui. I don't get Inui's like motivation. 
So his motivation in this one was he's been restricted to a wheelchair where basically his reality is limited. So he wanted mm-hmm. to be in a reality where he was he had no restrictions and you know he could be the god that he sees himself as as the like CEO chairman of one of the greatest scientific you know, research uh, companies that exist in Tokyo in this universe. So he sees himself as a god, but he never has the ability to form, take that form because of his uh, being restricted to a wheelchair and everything. So this is his way of taking over the world as he sees fit, making it his own. Because okay. it's even uh, one of his lines when he finally like gets all the power of like the dream universe. Uh, to be able to like stand, he's like, "Look at me! I'm standing with my own two legs." Right, right. Okay, so what's Osanai's uh motivation? Um, he just really wanted to uh, bang Shiba or Shiba, <laughs> and he saw this as an opportunity. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. So he, okay, so so he is already. Yeah, okay, he's right. he's just one hundred percent that kind of person. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, that makes more sense to me. Yeah, the whole thing with anyway, like uh, I, I want to rule because uh, I can't rule in reality. I'm like, okay, all right, fine. Uh, but you think- understand with Osanis, I want to put my dick in that. You you understand that one a lot more. <laughs> I understand that a lot more. That's that's more. <laughs> that's a villain origin story right there. Hey, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, strictly selfish, uh, non-complicated reasons. Um, all right, what else did I have to say? My uh, second criticism. Yeah, I don't get the final, the final scene of the detective going to see Dreaming Kids, like uh, what the movie was called, Dreaming Kids. I, I didn't, I didn't get that. Um, I, I have no answer for that one. That one was one of those other things that so this is actually the first time i've seen this movie uh i've had it on my list for a long time now yeah but this is the first time i actually caught this movie uh so i have no idea where the dreaming kids thing came from i think it's supposed to like say that when he was a kid and everything he dreamed of being like a filmmaker and everything and he was doing that with his friends and everything so she was like more sense here you know, you should check out this one movie that you definitely don't know, you know, called Dreaming Kids. And it could be like the movie that he was making. Like that could have been the name of it because I don't think they ever said the name of the movie he was making that he kept having in his dream of right. reliving. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to say, um, I like the little wink to his own word, uh, to his own. Work oh, Tokyo where, um, Godfathers, the poster yeah. being in that scene as it's going down, like all the fake movie posters and then Tokyo Godfathers. <laughs> perfect Blue was up there, too. Oh, what's perfect? Oh, I didn't see that one in yeah, there. It was per- perfect Blue and Tokyo Godfathers. But um, man, here's one scene that screamed in- Inception to me, because I think Inception Inception came after this, right? Um, I want to say so. Because this was 2006. Inception was closer to 2010, wasn't it? Yeah, somewhere around there. I believe so. I want to say that that hallway scene where he keeps reliving the the, um, the guy that died. He's trying to figure out who shot him. Uh, oh, the detective. yeah. I, I got to say, man, that screamed Inception to me. How you just keep like like how Leo kept seeing his wife 
in some certain scenes and like kept seeing his kids in certain scenes like it's like that uh that memory you have that haunts you mm-hmm. uh inception was 2010 I, I was right on the dot with that one <laughs> yeah you you have no doubt in your mind that christopher nolan was inspired by this movie man i i could definitely see it 100 i wouldn't be the, the slightest bit you know uh pulled away from that fact right you're dealing with dreams you're dealing with regret you're dealing with uh, memory. You're dealing with, uh, you know, with fake. jumping into people's memory, with jumping into people's dreams, you know, still in people's dreams, you know, difference between fiction and reality. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah, this, this, this is a great movie, man. It's a really great movie. Um, I was going to say something else. See, there are little bits and pieces of certain characters, especially the detective who I, I kind of feel like he was my favorite character in this. He um, definitely had a lot of development for just being what accounts as a side character in this story. Yeah. Like he was he was human. I mean, they're all human, but mm-hmm. he had more of a human complexity to him. He was yeah. a you could tell he was a good man that just wanted to get to the bottom of who killed this man and do his job right. You know, find the bad guy while also being caught up in all this dream world nonsense and helping out uh paprika. Like, uh, he kind of was my favorite character. And I like how you get bits, bits and pieces of, of every kind of character in this movie. But with him specifically, you start to hear more about his past and how, like, yeah, I used to have this friend. Um, I made movies with him and he kind of went off and did his own thing. And because he kind of left, I kind of really never pursued the movie thing. And I kind of went off and just became a detective. There's a little bit of bittersweet sadness in that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, well, it was um, his friend that he was doing it with, and his friend was sick, and he oh, passed away. Is. So yeah. he didn't feel like he could go through that career path anymore without the person that he started it with. Right. Yeah, and that's um, I like how a little bit of that background information is like like inserted right there. It kind of reminded me of a Pixar moment mm-hmm. where uh, you know, like the uh, the long marriage montage from Up, you know, yeah. which was genius and still kind of cop paid homage to to this day like uh i kind of felt like we got a little bit of that there like this one small little bit of uh of the past to bring more humanity to this character i thought that was pretty well done um did you watch the subbed or dubbed Uh, i watched this one with subtitles uh is there a dub for this i don't even know if there was a dub for this one look man i'm gonna tell you this i started to dub and um, when it when the detective started talking, it was more like, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, how did you do that? <laughs> you just came into my dream. And I'm like, wow, that's very over the top. Like, I, I usually don't mind sub to dub is whatever I start a show with mm-hmm. uh, that I ended. But I'd say like, man, that whoever that voice actor is, I don't know what direction they gave him. But he's like, no, no, he had like the, he had Clint Eastwood with uh, uh jim carrey like excitement yeah that was that was some great stuff you did back there you just jumped into my head oh what uh, what's that thing you got right there you know it's like wow that's uh yeah I mean, my man was over the top um, um paul saint peter was that voice uh he has played i'm just pulling up the <laughs> you really wiki. gonna look him up huh uh not a single character that i recognize Okay. It looks Listen, like I'm he not, mostly does uh, side characters. Look, I'm not going to judge you, Paul. Um, I think it was the direction you were given. Yeah. 
but you were way over the top, man. Like you made me go to the sub. Uh, (laughs) Your voice acting made me go to the subtitles. The direction of your voice acting made me go to the subtitles. Like, I feel like my man was just given the wrong direction. Um, Cause everybody else, Paprika and everybody was fine. And, you know, you heard the one guy who, um, what did his friend keep saying every time the dream ended? Like, what about the other part? Or what was the question being asked? Like, oh. what happened to the other bit? Like, you know. Yeah, I know what you're talking. I can't remember what it was, though. Even that was fine. But it's just like the detective's voice made me go, this is over the top, man. I can't <laughs> do this. Um, but yeah, overall, I started subbed and I, I really liked this sub. I didn't know this was your first time, man. Man, this is a great suggestion for your first for for going in blind yeah when uh well we were talking about doing something for uh anime thrillers and i was like perfect blue we're doing perfect blue and then we were sitting there for a while going what do we pair it up with and i was just going i I heard paprika was a good thriller so we can throw that in there it's the same director so it would make a good episode combination even if it was a little bit lesser and everything but yeah this was a it hit in a knockout of the park easy for this episode yeah i think i just let you uh take the reins on that because i'm like well you know brad knows best like he he's uh kind of introducing me to uh great anime films uh i give this i'm leaning towards a 4.5 i because it's so weird and i don't know if i'll watch it again i want to say four but I, I i'm leaning towards a 4.5 uh th- this one's a 4.5 for me i i absolutely love this one it was it was just wacky enough to always keep you interested, and that wackiness always had a callback that it was never wasted time paying attention to it. The animation was absolutely gorgeous. The way that it flipped between realities, they used the animation medium to its fullest potential here. Like, I cannot think of another movie that has taken animation in like a thriller, psychological sense and adapted it so well to the medium. Yeah, yeah, you know, and rest in peace to Mr. Khan. You know, this was his final film. Uh, I think he had one more. Yeah, he had good. Oh, that was a short film that he did. Final feature film. Yeah, this was his final feature film. Yeah, man, what a great note to go out on, man. I mean, what I I can say for Tokyo Godfathers, that one's great. Uh, Perfect Blue, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the OVA series that he did was amazing. Um, I really want to watch Paranoia Agent, and then I still have to see Millennium Actress. But this guy is like a hit for everything that I've seen from him so far. It's got me very invested in his work. I'm going to have to add him to the list. He, he, He has talent, man, and he knows how to tell a story for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely do a Tokyo Godfathers uh, episode cor- toward uh, December for sure. We'll find mm-hmm. something to pair with that one because, yeah, you, I'm, I'm going to make you watch that one for sure. It's on. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it for sure. Now, here's the million dollar question. Now, you know what my choice is, uh, PB all the way. What wins out with you? This one is difficult like this one is you could you know i now, I, know I still why. don't it, know i i've been trying to think on it because i've seen perfect blue several times so mm-hmm. i i know that one has history with me 
Um, this was the first time I saw Paprika and that shocked me. Like I wasn't expecting to fall in love with this movie as much as I did. Uh, I should have known better considering that everything else I've seen from uh, Satoshi has been absolutely above, you know, recognition. But at the same time, like every time I would see this one pop up, I'd go, yeah, I, I need to watch that one. It, it looks good. And now it's like, man, I should have watched this one, you know, back in 2006 when it first came out. I, I should have been watching this one even back in like 2010 when I was really getting into like anime movies and everything. And so this is it, it, this one's a tough one for me on which is but you got you got to pick one, though. If I was, you know what, gun to my head, I have to pick one. It's going to be perfect to blue head. because okay. I, I just have a better history with that one. You know, like there's, I know that movie almost front and back. You know, that one is a staple in my head for getting me into anime movies. It was one of the first that I saw that really started getting me to watch more. I think my first one was... uh. Uh, my friend uh, Totoro. Oh, my neighbor Totoro. My neighbor Totoro. I was a kid, but uh, I really liked that movie. Yeah, I want to say that was my first one, and then my first like one that made me go, "Oh, this this isn't just like a family kid thing." Was uh, Ghost in the Shell? That was the first movie that I saw that made me go, "Oh, oh, that's." <laughs> Which we will discuss on the next episode. Yes. I'm very excited to do the rewatch for that one. Yeah, man. I'm excited as well to talk about it. I'm excited. Uh, okay. All right. So Perfect Blue wins out, you know, uh, DFV, y'all. All right. Let's wrap this one up here. Um, you can follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at uh, Double Feature Versus. And I believe that's like, we'll have it in just in, in the video. But I think that's what Double Feature and then the VS or is it with the Versus spelled out? Uh, with VS, Double Feature VS. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. We're on Google, right? Yep, Google Podcasts, Amazon. So Amazon. Wherever fine podcasts are sold. Wherever fine podcasts are sold. Oh, please like, share, and subscribe. You know, get the word out there. Engage with the video. Tell, tell us what you like, what you don't like. We got more and more changes we'll be working on with time. We're just getting started into this video thing. Uh, we appreciate your support, appreciate you spreading the word, and uh, take it easy.